0: episode we'll be talking about acdc back in black on the line i have rob hello there ben hello there and kyle i'm back <laughs> <laughs> back in black is the seventh studio album by australian rock band acdc it was released on the 25th of july 1980 on albert uh, productions and atlantic records the producer was robert john mutt lang and the genre is hard rock, heavy metal, and arena rock. I'm going to read from All Music Review, Stephen Thomas Irwine. The first sound on Back in Black is the deep, ominous drone of church bells, or hell's bells as it were, opening the album and ACDC's next era with a fanfare while ringing a fond farewell to Bond Scott, their late lead singer who parted himself. To hell, but this implies that Back in Black is some kind of tribute to Scott, which may be true on a superficial level. Black is a funeral cover, Hell's Bell certainly signifies death, but it isn't filled with mournful songs about the departed. It's a more fitting tribute, actually, since ACDC not only carried on without him, but they delivered a record that to the casual ear sounds like the seamless successor to Highway to Hell right down to how Brian Johnson's screech is a dead ringer for Scott's growl. Most listeners could have been forgiven for thinking that Johnson was Scott, but Johnson is different than Bond. He's driven by the same obsessions, sex and drink and rock and roll, but there isn't nearly as much malevolence in his words or attitude as there were with Scott. Bond sounded like a criminal, Brian sounds like a rowdy scamp, throughout Back in Black, which helps give it a real party atmosphere. Of course, Johnson shouldn't be given all the credit for Back in Black since Angus and Malcolm carry on with a song-oriented riffing that made a highway to hell close to divine. Song for song, they deliver not just a, just mammoth riffs, but songs that are anthems from the greasy shoot-to-thrill to the pummeling Back in Black which pales only next to You Shook Me All Night Long, the greatest one-night stand anthem in rock history. The tawdry Celebration of Sex is what made ACDC different from all other metal bands. There's no sword and Sorcery, no darkness, just rowdy party, and they never held a bigger, better party than they did on Back in Black. All right, what do we think of ACDC, Back in Black?
1: I mean, it's impeccable but i wouldn't call brian johnson a dead ringer for bon scott i think that's uh I, I think that's not speaking the best of either of them
0: i think it's uh it's fair though if some someone could be forgiven for listening to one album and and then not instantly recognizing the other uh unless you're I, a, I a big fan um yeah. they have a similar demeanor but i i do think that you know give credit where credit's due they they have their own voices um but yeah when i Early on when I was listening to ACDC, I didn't know that their lead singer, uh, you know, if you were just round robining the the songs, I I, I feel like... I had no clue either. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah.
1: I think that Bon Scott as a front man is irreplaceable, but I also think that Brian Johnson successfully replaced Bon Scott. Like, I hold both of these thoughts simultaneously in my head. My favorite thing about Brian Johnson is that he fully embodies the ACDC vibe and attitude, just like Bon Scott did. And he's he he, he he's got everything that ACDC needs in a front man. And I think he does it without aping Bon Scott. I think Brian Johnson, they, I think ACDC just happened to find someone else that was a perfect fit for their band. I think they had two perfect fit singers.
2: Yeah, didn't Mm -hmm. and forgive me if I'm misremembering, but didn't kind of Bon Scott like actually say, like, this dude would be awesome
0: in this band? (laughs) Yeah, he did. He 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 he, he raved about how good uh Brian Johnson was in his former band. Um, That band
1: is Jordy, they have several songs on Spotify and they're worth a listen. They're cool,
0: Jordy, like
2: the Jordy. like the, yeah, song, jordy the, singing, the singing baby from like france the, baby, the one yeah. and only oh yeah. man yeah. that's awesome
0: i'm so it's so tough to be a baby
1: yeah
2: um, what,
0: the, <laughs> what the hell are you guys talking about <laughs> oh
1: you Kyle, know about have, jordy has, has rob never <laughs> made you listen to jordy
3: of course what i have the, what the hell are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> the singing oh. baby from france yeah yeah jordy jordy yeah you guys fucking with me no he wrote an
2: autobiography like 10 years ago called it's it was hard being the baby, or something. Like
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, wait, wait, Rob how how does the singing baby spell Jordy?
2: J O R D Y. This is different. That's okay,
1: uh, the band Geordie is with is like G E O R D I E. Okay, like well, George with a with a D at the end.
2: Well, I, I I suggest everyone to Spotify both bands and see which one you like best. <laughs>
0: I think he does a phenomenal job. And after Bon Scott dies, I mean, that is this has to be like one of the greatest transitions from a, a member dying in the band. And then the next album is classic. I mean, just knock it out of the park. 50 million copies. Yeah. 50 million
3: copies. This album has gone 22 times platinum at this yeah. point. Lordy, but Um yeah. You know, okay, the thing, okay, yeah. Now that we've established, yeah, he's a great replacement. He's so good that I was worried that my my comments on this would be the exact same as my comments on the last ACDC record. You know, it's like, um, some of these lyrics sound like Spinal Tap lyrics. They do. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, you could, I you cut know, your ask cake me which, with my knife. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> and the thing with ACDC is like, I feel like they're, and hear me out. They're kind of like the McDonald's of bands, right? <laughs> okay, okay. Like almost everybody likes them. Um, the people who don't like them really don't like them, and they have valid complaints. And you know what you're gonna get. You could pick any ACDC dc record, I think, and you know what you're gonna get. And it's it's good. You know, you can get a Big Mac from this record. You can get a Big Mac from the last record. But it's you know you're gonna want to hear it, and. You know, billions and billions served 50 million copies. I have an uncle, I have like a rich uncle, and I swear to god, this is the only album he has. And he plays it <laughs> his- and he plays it in his nice car and he plays it by the pool, you know, like and, and, and only every time album. I every time he plays it, I'm like, all right, here we go, you know?
0: Yeah. But I think every uncle, I think when you become an uncle, you just buy this album. I think it's required. To, so, uh, if,
3: like, I remember him sh- showing it to me and like <laughs> nodding and winking at me when I was in high school. I was like, "Yeah, all right, buddy." You know,
2: if, if we're gonna follow the analogy, Kyle, would you say that uh, a Mistress <sighs> for Christmas would be more like a McDlt?
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's true though. I mean, uh, this ACDC it has is a blessing and a curse. The blessing is it rocks. It's a wonderful party to go to. The curse is it's there's only one party. So if if you're not in the mood to that for that party, it's just not you're not going to like it. If if well, you have are you a in problem, the mood to party or no? Because exactly. if you're in the mood to party. Exactly. They got you. Yeah, they got. <laughs> they definitely
1: <laughs> got me. And
3: it's it's weird because this album has like uh, drinking anthems that are like dedicated you know, to the memory of, of Bon Scott, but that's bizarre. That's like...
1: That's true ACDC know, form, like, though.
3: Sure, and it, maybe it's like an Australian thing, but I don't... You know, if, if a band, their lead singer died of, you know, a heroin overdose, and the next record, they're like, this one goes out to him, and it's all about heroin. Like, that'd be weird, right?
1: ACDC is not Neil Young,
0: Kyle. <laughs> 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 the thing about... I think it's an inspirational. The The lyrics, you know don't use the hearse. I ain't never going to die. It is. I mean, it's talking about dying, but it's also talking about carrying on and just getting through it. It's weird. It's a, it's a strange element, but it's one of those things about having it. it, It's like rock and roll to, to say, you know, yeah, people die young and we're carrying on. Like we will carry Mm -hmm. on this tradition of playing rock music um you know it's what Bond no, would have wanted. Absolutely. Oh
3: sure, yeah, yeah. And,
0: and his family actually gave them uh the blessing of you know just saying you guys should really carry on because you know you were you were just on the, the cusp of, of making it. They they weren't mm-hmm. really received well in uh America at first. I, I think hell's Until Highway to Hell. Highway to Hell cracked uh the top one hundred, but it really took this album to to make a, a big impression overseas.
3: Go ahead. This album yeah. kind of opened the floodgates for them in the United States, right? Like their other albums kind of shut up the charts after this one.
1: Yeah. They did. Uh, after this one came out, uh yeah, previous albums shot off the charts, they were the first band since the Beatles to have four albums on the British Top 100 at the same time.
0: Damn. Wild.
1: Yeah. Uh they and and we, we, we talked in a recent episode about, like, cracking the code for a hit. ACDC has cracked the code for what hard rock sounds like, what it should sound like. They have made an album that the 70s metalheads are into, that the that the 80s punks are also into. This album like recording studios in Nashville use this album to check the acoustics in a room. Motorhead uses it to tune a sound system. Okay. Like this is like, this is is what rock and roll sounds like. And, and ever since back in black, this is hard rock.
2: Yeah. Mutt Lang, man. He's uh, he he's the reason for the season. ACDC to me, like it's still like, Living in Bloomington, not going to school, all the kids leave for spring break. So like in the mornings, it would be get up, put on uh, Thunderstruck and chug a beer and scream spring break because (laughs) just that that's how it was done. And it was (laughs) awesome. And yeah, like uh, ACDC is just I I always want to be at this party. Like so long as I feel like being at a party.
1: Years ago, I read an interview with Brian Johnson about You Shook Me All Night Long uh, you know, like she knocked me out with those American thighs at the time when he wrote those lyrics. Brian Johnson had never left Australia. And in the interviews, like, yeah, you know, I'd always read I'd read about uh, like American women and I'd always wanted to fuck one. And so I wrote this song yeah. and then I got to.
3: Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, I've read that, too. For sure. Yeah. Also, the song. Um, is that the one where he's the lyrics like weirdly switch perspective? Right.
1: It's, I don't you know sh- if you guys noticed sh- me all that. night long.
3: Yeah, you should me all night long. That's the one where he he starts saying she and then you and then she and then you oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <Yeah. laughs>
0: They're not big on uh, continuity for lyrics. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> it's it's still the juve. I mean, their lyrics are completely juvenile. It's such a we would say Spinal Tap esque sort of lyrical uh, content, but it really defined, I was thinking about this. It really defined the sort of like sexism that became what we call glam rock in the eighties, butt rock or whatever you would hair metal. I mean, AC DC with this album for better or worse, they created this sort of like sex, drugs, rock and roll attitude, um, that many other bands just pick up on um, and some of them even push even farther. But it's, it's an interesting because a lot of them are, I think, tongue in che- I mean, I guess almost all of them are tongue in cheek because they want to work on double entendres and, and, um, campy goose, but yeah, it is, it's memorable lyrics, but juvenile at the same time. <laughs>
1: Well,
2: ACDC
0: would be goofy if they didn't rock so damn hard.
2: actually brings me to a question um a few people in this uh, crew were not super into kiss's destroyer like at all like yeah had real real issues with it and it was to my recollection a pretty good rock record with stupid lyrics i would also say this is a very good rock record with stupid lyrics like but like where does where does
1: the goof why, why does this get the goof pass? Goof, to pull off goof and hard rock requires a very high caliber of hard rock and ACD, she just delivers better than Kiss does and I'll I'll die on that hill.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh,
1: K- Kiss didn't know how high to play caliper. their instruments. You're right,
0: you're right. Yeah, also it was produced, uh, not by Tony Visconti, with strings and, you know, mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. no fluff on this record. It is literally a Marshall cranked up to 10 you know, full stack and and then the, just like hard pounding drums and someone growling. Mutt it, Lang. Yeah. It just, I mean, it, it's basic rock. Y- you could do equations to how, you know, this, this is rock and roll and how this, this, uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Basically it's an equation that ACDC has created and it's rock. It's hard rock.
1: I love the Young Brothers guitar attack. Angus Young deserves all the credit he he ever receives. Malcolm Young, I think, deserves a lot more credit than he receives as just the, uh, I, you know, he's never ripping the solos. He's just the rhythm guitar player. I think that Malcolm Young is worth his weight in gold at, at rhythm guitar. And I think ACDC without a simultaneous uh, you talk about like brothers with like blood harmony but, like Leuven brothers I think Malcolm and Angus have that on on guitar work yeah you know, just it is so solid and when they're like when they're both playing rhythm it's so thick and then like Angus goes off on a riff and nothing is lost like just like those crunchy power chords are still right there under it I also I read an interview with with Malcolm Young once where, like the interview asked him like like, do you ever get jealous of your brother? Like, do you, you ever wish that, like, you could play a lead or play? And he, he, like scoffs. Like, what the fuck would everyone want to do that for?
0: Yeah, he's
1: just he's just like born rhythm, dude, and I respect that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a metronome. He's it, this this band has a internal metronome, and they they follow it to a T. There's no there's no sloppy playing. There's no Ringing notes that aren't meant to be ringing notes. There's no, you know, it it it, it hits it hits perfectly um, with how how these things are recorded and them live too. I mean, they do it live.
3: Yeah, I read that uh, Mutt Lang, um told Brian Johnson that he couldn't sing in a way that it seemed like they were cheating on the recording. Yeah, like they wanted it to seem like you could just sing along like live. Um.
1: Didn't want to sound like it was punched in.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is interesting, but it, it's effective. You know, I'm sure these songs are probably very popular at karaoke. You know, when we were doing Highway
1: to Hell, weren't we talking about like Mutt Lang giving Bon, like Mutt Lang was a trained vocalist, right? And he was like giving yeah. M- uh, Bon Scott mm-hmm. lessons, like where to breathe. Like, it sounds like, uh, like he gave Brian Johnson the same treatment.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He knows how which, to do awesome. it. Yeah. It's amazing. Also, you were mentioning before, Ben, about, you know, even though it's it's rock and roll, I mean, the solos are obviously a, a little bit higher caliber than just basic. The The songs are, are basic rock riffs, and that's enticing to anybody getting into playing guitar or listening to this type of music. It's so basic that you want to pick up a guitar, you want to... You know play along to it and it just that further elevates their their stature of you know being sort of easy to play hard to master
1: absolutely i was Mm -hmm. i was talking before we were recording i probably hadn't listened to this album in at least 10 years but in my teens and 20s i probably listened to it 500 times and in between then and now like back then i primarily just played drums at this point, especially, like, going into this pandemic year, I, I've been, I had a lot of free time on my hand. I've been playing a lot of guitar around the house and feeling like I actually know my way around a guitar neck. And then just, like, listening to this ACDC stuff, oh, yeah, just be able to just be able to pick up an axe and by the end of a song just be, like, playing along with them, like, just rocking along to ACDC is so fun. I, I, I would like to s- see guitar sales, like, after, like, Back in Black's first platinum, you know, like did everyone go out and buy Marshall's and Gibson's, you know?
3: Yeah. It's the Ramones effect. It's the, I can do this too.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: I always find it really interesting about Angus's, you know, tone, his, you know, it's, it's sort of notorious for just being a SG, a Gibson SG plugged into a Marshall amp. I did realize, or I did learn on this album, there was actually a wireless device um, by uh, Schaefer Vega, and it was like called the Schaefer Vega Diversity System, which was provided. Or sorry, Schaefer Vega, and it was just a signal boost. Um, that would, he, he would crank up and that's where you get more of his, uh, soloing guitar tone. And then they, they reissued the, it as a separate guitar effect, um, in 2014. But I mean, for the most part, it's always just Marshall, just a, just a straight, straight to a Marshall no, no frills, no nothing. That's what's up. That's what's up. Also, the bass too. They don't use effects on on the bass. It, you know, they just everything's just straight plugged in and turned up.
3: Um, can hey. I can I bring up a comment that I came upon when I was looking up the lyrics? Yeah, yeah of course. Uh, you shook me all night long. Somebody said, and I quote: "Maybe the sightless eyes are meant her tits."
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't hold it past them. <laughs> Oh my gosh. That maybe pr- that tracks.
3: <laughs> it's just like that somebody. There was like six upvotes too for that comment. So maybe.
1: hey, my, my sightless Perhaps. eyes are down here, okay? <laughs> They're my balls. <laughs> I, I learned uh I learned today that ACDC commissioned that bell from a foundry. They heard they were they were trying oh. to record they, they tried first to record a church bell. But whenever they would ring it, uh, uh, bird, like, it would disturb the birds and it would like mess up the 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 sample. So they ordered a bell, uh, which I don't know how much a giant old bell costs, but it was, obviously, I, I, as you can tell, it's perfectly tuned. It sounds fantastic.
2: I think it still goes that with them on tour.
1: I would. I, I was thinking because really? I knew they, I knew they toured with a bell, and then when I read that they had it commissioned, like all the pieces, fell, I'm like, oh yeah, you already bought the bell. Might as well take it on tour. <laughs> you get your money's worth. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
0: I'd be interested to know what it's. It's probably tuned. Has to be tuned to like A, D or A. I'm guessing from their, from just their. Uh...
1: I think it's maybe an A. Yeah,
0: yeah. it makes sense. Um, hey, I got a quiz for you guys. Pop quiz, hot shit. Here we go. The bell in Hell's bells can be heard ringing how many times?
3: Ooh. See, I always get it confused with uh, Metallica, for whom the bell tolls. It was also Bon Scott. No, that was Cliff Burton. <gasps>
2: Ooh, scary. Uh, oh my God, that's a <laughs> Uh
1: I'm going to guess. My guess is five.
2: I'm going to go sev- seven.
0: I'm going to say one. Thirteen. <laughs> you know it's more than one. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thirteen, that's
2: awesome. Yeah, yeah thirteen
0: cool. being the ominous number. Ben, you probably know this. Brian Johnson was 32 working as a what when he got the call to audition for ACDC?
1: Stevedore.
0: A cake cutter.
1: (laughs) Doorman. Uh, It was like the doorman at a club, like security?
0: No, he was actually a car mechanic. He was doing mechanical work. He was uh, retrofitting uh, fancy cars with like vinyl uh, convertibles with vinyl tops and things like that. He said when he... He got the call. He made them call back uh, 10 minutes later to make sure it wasn't a joke.
3: <laughs> and they called
0: They called him back 10 minutes later on the dot. And they were like, well, are you coming or not? And he's like, hell yeah, I'm coming. He cracked open a bottle of whiskey that he had bought for his dad's birthday and just took a swig. <laughs> That's right. You're getting that ACDC money
3: now. That's you can buy right. more whiskey. <laughs> and he wrote down, hell yeah, I'm coming as like the first of his new lyrics.
0: Uh, when he got back to australia too he bought himself a a chevy blazer and he like laughs because it was like a big four-wheel suv a black and white but if you look up chevy blazer from 1980 1981 it looks exactly like a brian johnson or an acdc vehicle it's just nice it's one of those big you know big honking uh suvs from the 80s uh, third question: "You shook me all night long" is rumored to be the most played song in this type of location.
2: Karaoke bar?
0: Yeah, I was gonna say karaoke. Strip club? Strip club. Oh, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah that'll do it.
3: I think Ben, you were there too, and that stripper we were, uh, did a heartbra-
1: heartbreakers, right?
2: Heartbreakers, we were all
3: there. Big balls, <laughs> big balls.
1: She's got balls. <laughs> Man, you must really like ACDC. Oh no, (laughs) the DJ picks the songs.
3: Do you think anyone listening to this has never heard this record?
1: Man, I, I hope not. That that would make me sad. But you know, there's new kids every day.
3: Yeah, that's true.
1: I, I haven't looked at the
2: uh, at the Spotify analytics for the downloads. I'm pretty sure that we're in the uh, the, the, the British forty something crowd <laughs> is, is, is our people. I don't know if
3: the
1: kids are uh, are picking up on it.
3: New kids uh, listening to that. old dogs.
1: This, this I was thinking. This album is probably in my top 5 of lifetime most plays start to finish wow yeah. acdc back in black definitely Weezer's blue one i'm sure like uh, those two are probably in the top 3 but man i wore for, it's like from the from the ages of like 22 to 28 i only listened to back in black it feels like <laughs>
0: yeah, pretty <much. laughs> it is definitely a a repeat album i mean it there's not a Track that you would skip, it keeps energy the whole way through. I mean, the, uh, yeah, the funny thing about it is, I remember telling the story about how they don't write ballads, and they tried to write a ballad, and it just falls apart. They literally cannot write ballads. This is the song that they write.
1: And I also heard uh, they were done recording the album, and they 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 presented it to Atlantic, and the the Atlantic label reps. Tell them, like, like, all these songs are the same tempo. Uh, Like, we need, like, at least one mid-tempo song. Uh, So apparently, the boys went back into the studio that night, and the next day returned with Rock and Roll Ain't Noise Pollution as their slow song. And that song, yes, it's slow. It is so heavy. Like, like slow (laughs) does not mean soft.
3: Uh, can, I, can I mention my second favorite comment uh, on the lyrics section of Genius Lyrics about this album? Rock and roll ain't noise pollution. It was true. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was the only comment. That's fair. I, I did think it was interesting the, uh, when Mutt was recording, he just told Brian Johnson before that song, he was like, just say whatever you want. Just say some stuff so I can get your... Uh, your, your vocals you know get all the levels adjusted and and that was the only song they actually wrote while they were recording on location and he just started going off like a preacher and and they just kept it he did in one take and and that's what's on the album
1: bless these boys yeah there's their rock and roll is so pure it's like distilled rock and roll
0: is their new album out I think it it is. is. They had an album, uh, I think it was last year. So 2020, it's good. So
1: that'd be the first one without Malcolm then, right? Yeah. yeah. Malcolm died. The drummer's been arrested for conspiracy for murder. Uh,
2: Methamphetamine possession too, I believe.
1: We got eight months. So so you've got Angus, Brian, the bass player. And is, is Mutt still there? Is Mutt still making them?
0: good question i don't know if mutt's still making them but uh i listened to it uh in preparation for this and it's good i mean it's what do you think does it sound does it sound like we think it's gonna sound it sounds exactly like you think it's gonna sound and it actually had a couple uh, it's called power up it has a couple of um is not mutt but it has a a couple songs that that, i mean good hooks obviously they have good hooks but i was i was surprised to uh be into it as much as uh i was yeah i think it got on a couple best of uh yeah rolling stone consequence of sound top 50 albums of uh 2020s obviously i hope
1: it's a good one they've been writing it since the 70s (laughs) yeah
0: and are they i know that they announced concert
3: dates for it right but yeah i mean you know that's not gonna happen we're gonna do a live a live episode from the ACDC
0: concert. <laughs> <laughs> you know, looking at their albums though, they they don't have a ton. We're not going to get any more. Uh, we got Highway to Hell and Back in Black 80, but they don't have as many as I thought they did. I thought is they Black had Is Black Ice in there? Um, Black Ice is not in the book, but. Well, that's like their 2012 uh, that's one, right? 2008.
1: 2008.
0: Yeah. It was a Walmart
3: exclusive.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: I really think it was a. It's I, I don't know if we need more ACDC in the book, but God damn that like early 90s live record is so freaking good. Oh, it's like, so good. It's yeah, just it's unstoppable. And like we, we've we had great live records in this book. Um, we could have used I, ACDC I'm, live I, in this. I'm yep. sad we're not getting it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, are you yep. talking about Razor's Edge? Uh, no, no.
1: Is it called ACDC live? Uh, it might be. Razor's Edge is the one that has Mistress for Christmas on it. Yeah, <laughs> Razor's <you're right>. Edge <laughs> also has Thunderstruck on it. It sure shit does. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think th- this is this is absolutely, in my opinion, their best album of the Brian Johnson years. Uh, coincidentally, <laughs> it's also their first album of the Brian Johnson years. I think there's a few ACDC albums of the Bon Scott years that could rival Back in Black that I wish we would have gotten to. But as much as I love ACDC, I think that back in black is their last crucial listening album. Not saying that any of the ones that follow it are bad.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, could, I I agree with that. And it makes sense that, you know, those, these two albums are here.
3: Um, I can't remember if I brought this up on the last episode. Did I tell you guys about the CD that was stuck in my Jeep for eight months? No, it was, uh, the last action hero soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> and the first track is big gun by ACDC, 1993. <laughs> So I've listened to that about 400 times in 2020. (laughs) Oh man! I finally got it out, and then I put a cramp CD in there, and it got stuck. Which one? Uh, uh, the big beat from Badsville. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, that's a good one.
0: That leads me to. uh... Oh, I didn't. uh... I don't think it.
1: We're we're all good.
3: We're yeah, all good man, on the is,
0: positive. Right? This is
1: a be- beautiful, wonderful record.
0: Yeah. To the,
3: do you think there's anyone out there? I don't know. To that one person, yeah. Give it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> take,
1: take, take a chance on the on this band.
0: <laughs> I do want to hear if someone doesn't, if someone just doesn't like uh, ACDC Back in Black. I want, I just want to hear. I want to hear the. If you are a fan of, I guess rock and roll. I'm not talking about someone who only listens to classical or jazz or something else, but if you're a fan of rock and roll and ACDC uh, doesn't do it for you, I would love to know what what ACDC uh, is doing that is not, you know, to your taste.
1: You could say that the lyrics are misogynist and you'd be correct.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I guess. OK, well, you just did it. You guys You guys should open up a
3: phone line so people can call. (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
0: So much editing. All right. (laughs) Next time we'll be talking about the cramps songs the Lord taught us.